It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning at Wax, good morning, chilly out there. It's chore time here at the shank of the day. Bob and Jill with you. Beautiful moon out there. How's the calf crop looking? Did it grow at all yesterday? It did not grow, and I was very happy about that. Yeah, the I calves out. are just running around and staying in their buildings. Well, they're feeling good, that's for sure. I was out yesterday. I went down to uh, Schlosser's visit with Tim down Schlosser Family Farm in the sugar bush down there between Mondovi and Durand, and I got to take some pictures of the tubing out through the woods, and holy man, that wind was cold, but saw their operation. They've been making maple syrup for 125 years. I think Tim said uh, he and his brother are the fifth or sixth generation, and they've each got sons, and they want to keep doing it, so there'll be another generation, and had a chance to talk to Tim about that. We'll get that on in a few days here, and as we uh, wrap up the season, the first harvest of 2023, about finished here in Wisconsin. So again, the maple syrup, and he said pretty good season, and uh, pretty good quality of sap as well, so we'll do that. The Bucks won, the Brewers won, uh, Bucks clinch home court advantage through the playoffs with their record, so good for them. Brewers in a walk-off fashion uh, yesterday, if you were listening on our sister station, 105.1 or AM 790, you heard Bob Euchre just about jump out of the booth when Garrett Mitchell hit a home run to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth, so lots of things in sports going on. Also, we've got the March official March Class 3 price for you. River Falls Ag Tech Contest last Saturday. A lot of schools got there, even though there was a blizzard out there. So congratulations to them. We'll have some of the results, not all in yet. Also, another major co-op merger out there. A story of success in this geographic indicators case. Remember that? The Europeans want to say that we can't use names like uh, mozzarella and bologna, bologna and all that stuff because it comes from their region of Italy and other places like that. So the geographic indicators, uh, court decision in favor of the U.S. in that one. And uh, Jill will tell you all about that because she enjoys that variety of cheese. What variety of cheese is that that we're talking about? Gaier. Grier. Grier, sorry. I was close. <laughs> you ever had Grier cheese? Obviously I, not. I have not. Uh, it's good stuff. I've been in Grier Village over in Switzerland where it comes from. I've been to that factory. So seen the place where the world championship cheese comes from in a little town called Grier. But they can't use that anymore as a geographic indicator. So we'll talk about that. And the weather as we get closer to Easter Still a little nippy and snippy out there, a little windy again today, but boy, it's getting nice. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's going to be windy again today, partly cloudy, high only about 40, back into the low 20s overnight. Tomorrow, then, it's going to start warming up. We'll get to partly cloudy conditions, and today we may get a... A few things falling out of the sky down south of Eau Claire. It'll be rain up north, maybe a few flurries, but uh, no accumulation of anything that's going to be white. But it will be windy again today, so be aware of that. But 52 tomorrow, 59 on Saturday, Easter Sunday, 63, Monday, 69, Tuesday, 74. Doesn't that sound good? Get the convertible out. 25 degrees right now. 
help it'll start. I better I better try that. It's been sitting all winter. On a Thursday morning at Wax. Also, another major co-op merger in our area. We'll tell you who the players are in the, that affair. So we got lots to do this morning. It's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX. So, Claire, let's uh, start with some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. A tornado hit Louisville, Kentucky Wednesday as extreme weather pummels the region. Mayor Craig Greenberg says he believes at least one person has been killed. Most of the damage done by the twister was reported in the south and southwest sections of the city. Meantime, parts of Missouri are reeling after a tornado left at least five people dead. Former Vice President Mike Pence will not appeal a federal judge's order to testify in an ongoing investigation of former President Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Lisa Taylor has more. That's according to his advisor. Pence's decision to comply will give special counsel Jack Smith access to one of the key figures with insight into Trump's efforts to remain in power. This comes after U.S. District Court Chief Judge James Boesberg ruled last week that immunity shouldn't prevent Pence from testifying about conversations related to alleged illegal activity on the part of the former president. It's unclear exactly when the former Veep will appear before the grand jury in Washington, D.C. I'm Lisa Taylor. North Korea says joint military drills between the U.S. and South Korea are pushing tensions to the brink of nuclear war. State media reported Thursday that the North would respond with offensive action. North Korea has long been vocal about its opposition to the drills, which have included nuclear-capable bombers and training for a large-scale amphibious landing. In response, North Korea has tested a new ICBM and a nuclear-capable underwater attack drone. Republican Idaho Governor Brad Little is signing into law a bill banning an adult from helping a minor get an abortion or abortion pills out of state without a parent's permission. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, a check of our weather brought to you by the folks at Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams at ChilsonMotors.com. Windy today and partly cloudy. Again, kind of a cool day here as we get closer to Easter. 40 degrees, 23 overnight tomorrow for Good Friday. Markets will all be closed tomorrow, of course, but uh, partly cloudy tomorrow. High will be 52. And then on Saturday, partly cloudy, 59. Easter Sunday, 63. Easter Monday, 69. Tuesday, about 74. Oh, don't you like that? Right now, it's cool around the area, though. Rice Lake, 24. Medford, 23. 27 in Wausau, 26 in Marshfield. Across, 28. Over at Green Bay, it's 32 down in Madison. 30, 34 in Milwaukee, and 25 right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Six and a half minutes after five o'clock, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us the markets and Jill, the cash livestock. Choice fed beefsters are 163 to 172, with mixed at a dollar to 163. Choice fed beef heifers are 164 to 175 with mixed at a dollar to 163. Choice fed Holstein steers are 136 to 147 with select and silage fed steers 97 to 135. Cows are 78 to 110 with bulls at 96 to 118. Butcher hogs are 45 to 65 with sows at 38 to 44. Boars are 16 to 23 with new crop market lambs. 
125 to 150 in the top of 170. Feeder lambs are 130 to 230 with ewes at 80 to 97. Small goats are 15 to 205 dollars. Medium goats are 125 to 205 dollars. Large goats are 155 to 425 dollars, and nanny goats are 25 to 210 dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange, live cattle were higher at the close yesterday. April 168.40, that's up 80 cents. June cattle 160.30, up seven. August at 159.97, that was up 20. And October live cattle 164.35, up 17. Feeder cattle were lower yesterday across the board. April 197.82, down 12. May 202.10, down 17. August feeder cattle 219.22, down 27. September at 222.22, that was down 37. And October feeders down 45 cents at 224.22. Hogs were mostly lower. April was up $1.17 at 73.40, but May was down 87 at 81.30. June down $1.20 at 88.37. July hogs 91.42, that was down $1.32. On the board of trade, lower across the board yesterday. Traders uh, looking at a slower economy and trying to find some uh, good trading news, but uh, didn't find any. Overnight, we saw July corn down another three cents at six twenty-four. Oats up six at three thirty-eight. The July wheat was unchanged six ninety-four overnight. Soybeans down a nickel at fourteen seventy-two, and meal down twenty cents a ton at four hundred forty-seven dollars. Even once again tomorrow being Good Friday. The markets will all be closed and uh, reopen Sunday, Sunday evening, as uh, usually over the weekend. Barrel cheese down four and a quarter yesterday at 175. The blocks down a quarter of a cent, 181 and a quarter. Butter down a penny at 231 and three quarters. April class three up three at 1867. May down a dime at 1806. June down seven at 1829. July unchanged 1879 august down three at 1921 and uh jill we had the official class three for march did come out give us an update on uh, what those numbers are well it came out yesterday it's 18 dollars and 10 cents a hundred that's up 32 cents from february but it's a four dollars and 35 cents less than last march that brings the three-month average for this year to eighteen dollars and forty-three cents and last year, the Class 3 average for the first three months was $21.24. The Class 1 or fluid milk price fell $0.14 cents in March, down to $18.85 a hundred. So that updates you on uh, the markets, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll update you on a few other things, a co-op merger around the area. We'll tell you about that. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as we mentioned, a merger of another pair of co-ops in our part of the country. Allied Cooperative uh, down in Adam, headquartered down in Adams, the Adams Friendship area. And Provision Partners Cooperative, Marshfield, and of course they're in Hickston. We talk to those folks every week. They're announcing that the members have voted in favor of a merger of the two cooperatives. The positive move, they say, paves the way for a consolidation which will be effective on October 1st of this year. Voting members received ballots and informational packets in the mail in early March, and informational meetings were held March 14th and 15th. The ballots due and counted on March 31st. And uh, again, there are still obviously a lot of things to be worked out. But the major announcement is Allied Co-op of Adams and Provision Partners of Marshfield 
are joining and becoming one cooperative, and that's effective as of October 1st of this year. we got more farm news. Take a look at a busy morning here on Wax as we look at farm news. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 14 minutes after 5 o'clock again, 25 degrees today. High, not going to get very nice. 40 or so, and windy too. So again, prepare for winds like we had yesterday, and it was windy, as I said earlier. I was out in the sugar bush yesterday at Schlosser's and down in between Duran and Mondovi. And, oh, man, it was uh, breezy and cold out there. But Jill wants to tell us all about cheese and uh, some good news for the U.S. cheese industry. Well, the U.S. cheese industry has won a battle over geographic indicators. Some countries around the world claim it's illegal to use place names to identify products. But a ruling last month in U.S. Court of Appeals 4th District ruled that Grier is a common name for the variety of cheese and not a designation of geographic origin. The ruling means U.S. manufacturers of Grier cheese can continue to use the name for their product. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, the Codex formulas, I guess, the Codex recipes or whatever you want to call it, Codex standards. And uh, if you're going to make a cheese like Grier or Gouda or whatever, you have to live up to those standards to call it that. And you get codex standards what what do you have codex standards for if you can't use them so again that's uh, good news for the u.s cheese industry and i'm sure there'll be more suits but i know the europeans that uh, have been successful to a limited extent in getting the mexicans to sign on and uh you know say that yeah we've going to take only products from the United States that are not labeled with the names like Grier or mozzarella or things like that. So that is a big victory. And what else is going on, Jill? Even even though Americans don't yeah, even Americans who don't live on a farm know the importance of a farm bill. A just released survey by the American Farm Bureau Federation shows almost three quarters of Americans feel that not getting a new farm bill written this year will have an adverse impact on our economy. The survey also found most people who took the survey said funding risk management programs for farmers and setting up strong nutrition programs that serve as a safety net for families are the two main issues that should be in the farm bill. They also said it's essential that the new bill establishes safe and abundant food supply for the country. And the U.S. ethanol industry gave some good, got some good news recently from Japan. Japanese officials now say they will allow U.S. ethanol to become available in 100% of the Japanese biofuel market. Back in 2021, that limit was set at 66%, but has increased because of a continued improvement in carbon emissions from the U.S. ethanol. And March was a good export month for the Co-ops Working Together program of the National Milk Producers Federation. For the month, the program shipped 1.8 million tons of American-type cheeses, 168,000 pounds of butter, and 522,000 pounds of cream cheese to customers in Asia, Central America, the Caribbean, Middle East, and Africa. For the first three months of this year, those sales have totaled 12.6 million pounds of cheese, 550,000 pounds of butter, and 2.5 million pounds of cream cheese, and 
17.8 million pounds of whole milk powder. Man, that's been a going ongoing successful program through National Milk for a, a good many years now. So co-ops working together. Thank you, Jill. Almost 18 minutes after 5 o'clock and a little more on the Allied Co-op out of Adams and Provision Partners out of Marshfield-Hickston. What's going on there? Rob Larson, who is currently the Provision Partner CEO, is set to take over as the new company head when the consolidation takes place. And uh, they also say they do not anticipate any workforce reductions. They plan to continue operations at each of the current locations with the main office located in Adams and satellite offices throughout the trade territory. So, uh, again, the merger of Allied Cooperative and Provision Partners Cooperative to take effect October 1st. And, again, the head of the co-op will be Rob Larson, who is now the CEO of Provision Partners Cooperative. And he gets to live in Adams, so or he gets to have his headquarters in Adams. Whether he'll live there or not, we do not know. All right, we've got uh, coming up, talking about dairy beef, a little bit of what's going on in some of the research as far as, uh, well, crossbreeding beef and the dairy animals. We'll have that next right here on Wax. It's 19 minutes after 5 o'clock. 25 degrees, we'll get about 40 today, and it's going to be another windy day out there, so make sure you got that cap on lock. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Alyssa Seitz grew up on a dairy farm near Seymour, Wisconsin. Her love of cows led her to the UW River Falls and then on to UW-Madison to start her master's program. She's been conducting research on feeding beef and dairy cross calves to make animals that aren't just more profitable but also healthier and, in the end, tastier. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. So, Alyssa, tell me in your own words about your time on campus and what your research is all about. Yes, it's a very longitudinal, very interdisciplinary project. We call it the Conception and Consumption Project because it focuses on dairy beef animals, but it focuses on all aspects of dairy beef. So we have genetic data all the way from sire and dam info, through when these calves are born, which is where a lot of my research comes in. We look at growth and performance of these animals their entire life. Every day of their life, we have feed intake that we measure. We look at weight. We do some ultrasounding for carcass quality, so similar to what you would see at like a county fair. We do those same measurements, and we're able to map that growth and muscle development all the way through the calf's life. And then on the back end, which is of interest to dairy producers, I believe the most, is the meat quality. So our big overarching goal here is to look at how the diets that we fed when these animals were growing affects the meat quality and try to get meat quality that is similar to a purebred Angus animal. So we're trying to find where these dairy beef animals fit on that spectrum between dairy and beef, which characteristics they take from each parent, and try to get that best product at the end that benefits the producers with the growth and the performance, but also the packers that are working with this meat and also the consumer. We do also do some research on sensory, which is like the taste testing aspect. And so we're really honing in on all parts of that supply chain. So I think everyone can take a little bit from this research back to their area of agriculture. Alyssa, I got the chance to look at some of the data you've got back from your harvesting of these animals. And there's some interesting and maybe unexpected numbers. Of course, your research isn't done yet, but what are you seeing? We're about 75% of the way done with these animals. I have There's 100 animals total on this project. And about 75 of them I've gone through slaughter, and we have that meat quality data on. And then the other 
24 will be here pretty soon. But what we're seeing on the preliminary side is the difference in feed efficiency. So we calculate our feed efficiency based on pounds of feed consumed to pounds of weight gain. And we want to see if they can gain that weight while eating less feed. And while the animals grew almost the exact same as calves, they gained about the same amount of weight. One milk replacer that they were on saw much more efficient gains than the other one. And so how this study is designed up is that it's what we call a two-by-two. So there's two factors that play into the diets when the calves are on milk, and then there's two finishing diets. And so between the two milk replacers, we're definitely seeing some differences. And then as we get older and we have those on finishing diets, we're also starting to see some of those same numbers come through. And between the four combinations of diets that they could possibly be on, uh, once we get all the way to like feed efficiency that we focus on later in life and also that meat quality, there's three diets that are really sticking with each other um, and having similar numbers. And then there's one that just seems to fall a little bit below. And that's one that's a little bit lower protein of a milk replacer than the other diet. And then it's what we call our early finish. And so one of our factors, like I said, was the finishing diet. And while these animals are all nutritionally on the same finishing diet, some of them started earlier in life versus later. And we're hoping that, or the thought behind this process was that if we start earlier, these animals will grow faster and finish earlier. And so it's kind of interesting that that was the diet that saw the least growth was the one that we started early versus some of the later diets. I'm really excited for what comes online once we compare all these animals and get some statistics running and analyze the data a little bit more, what comes out. But I think that's one big interesting thing from my perspective on like the feeding outside. And then for all the meat packers and processors, one other thing that I think is really interesting is we saw ribeyes that were about 15 square inches, give or take. Um, we're seeing quality grades that are averaging about high choice, which is like phenomenal. We have had a couple primes in here too. And then they're also slaughtering at a young age. And so we're averaging about 380 days, which is a little over a year old that these animals are finishing out. So they're growing quick, they're growing um, quality, and they're doing it without a lot of other health implications because we track things like liver abscesses and bloat and things like that to make sure that we can push these animals without seeing those detriments to welfare or health. And we're not really seeing that in these first few animals. So I'm excited to see once those numbers come back, what else we see. So just like taking care of a dairy heifer, it all starts back at that first diet. Yeah. I think that's one thing that, um, coming from a dairy background and coming into this project that's a little more beef and meat focused is that um, we kind of tend to focus a lot on that finishing diet, that finishing diet, like how much corn are these animals eating. We have to remember that there's also an effect on that first milk. And so I think this will be a little bit of an eye opener for dairy producers to treat their beef calves in the hutch and feed them similar to their dairy heifers um, versus not paying as much attention to the milk and paying more attention to that finishing ration. So everything they eat definitely comes out in the meat and it's worth paying attention to in the end. Tell me, what are your next steps on this project? You have, you know, 20 something more animals to harvest and then what happens? So after that happens, we're looking into our sensory portion. And so it'll be open to the public. So if you're in the Madison area this summer, we would love to have you come out. We're doing what's called a consumer panel, which means that we need consumers. So 
anybody over the age of 18 qualifies for this, and we need about 120 people that we'll bring in, and we'll have them taste test all these different diets, and then we'll taste test them versus a purebred Angus and a purebred Holstein to see if people can tell the difference between those meat qualities. And then the secondary part that we'll also have people look at when they visit the building and do this testing is the visual appearance of the animal. And so we want to make sure that these steaks, as they sit on a grocery store, are comparable to like their certified Angus beef counterparts. Do, do they have the same color? Do they have the same shape? Can you see them marbling like you would see with an Angus? And in the end, if you saw this sitting on a grocery store shelf, would you buy it as often or for the same price as you would with a purebred Angus? And so trying to get that market share out, um, with the dairy beef as we would with a certified Angus beef product really create something that consumers are going to enjoy eating. And I'll tell you, I enjoy eating no matter what it is. Elisa Seitz, a master's degree student working on beef quality with Carrie Mess. Can you tell the difference in Hereford beef or Angus beef? I can't. A good steak's a good steak. A good steak's a good steak. Actually, we use a lot of Geltvi and Red Angus. Yeah, yeah. But I did feed out a Holstein here a few years back, and... That's good. Oh, yeah. As long as you take care of them. Yeah, you got to give them the right feed. you got to know how to feed a Holstein. That's that's one thing about it. I know that's what I talk to guys at the sale barns and uh, and different, uh, you know, meat and animal science professors. That you know how to feed them. They gotta, that's a good piece of meat off a Holstein. Yeah, and I use a good mix. And yeah. we've actually had compliments. My daughter runs her market down there, and they always want the mix that I use because they have customers that come in there specifically oh, really? for their beef. Oh, she's got a, where's her store? Portage? Down in Portage, Caledonia Market. It's right off the interstate. All right. Well, good. If you get down there, stop at the Caledonia Market in Portage and buy, buy some of that good beef. Hey, we're going to find out more about beef coming up. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, Rocky either slept in through his alarm again this morning, every once in a while, or the phone's not working. Sometimes we have a little uh, glitch in our get-along here trying to get the phones to work. We'll keep an eye on the on the phone here, and if it lights up, we'll get to Rocky. But again, uh, Rocky Olson's supposed to be with us from Premier Livestock, but uh, not available as of yet, so we'll we'll proceed through with other things. We'll... Uh, We'll, of course, have Morgan with the news a little bit later on. But, uh, again, we've got uh, Rocky on hold. If we can uh, get the number, get the phone to work, or if he answers his alarm clock. Maybe he thinks it's Friday already. It isn't, it isn't Friday, is it? It's, I think it's Thursday. It's Thursday all day. we got 24 hours of it. All right. 24, and not a bad, uh, not a good day either compared to what it should be. Windy today, 40, 25 right now. Well, we got some results from the University of Wisconsin River Falls the Ag Technology Contest, and uh, again, they don't have the uh, sweepstakes winner as of yet. At least we didn't see that with the uh, latest announcement that we got here. But uh, the qualifying teams for state CDA judging down in Madison uh, a little bit later on from our area, there's a bunch, Ag Technology and Mechanical Systems, Unity over at River Falls. These are all teams that are going to go on to Madison for judging. Unity was the uh, winner of the contest. River Falls third, Hudson fourth, Menominee was fifth, and River Ridge was sixth. Dairy cattle evaluation and management. Five teams will move on. Campbellsport won the contest. Amory was second. Menominee third. Cochrane Fountain City was fourth. Ellsworth was fifth. In floriculture, three teams move on. Hudson won. Cochrane Fountain City was second. Ellsworth was number three. 
In horse evaluation, eight teams will move on. River Falls was number one, Menominee two, Granton three, Oliva Strum finished fourth, Loyal was fifth, New London over in eastern Wisconsin. Boy, they came a long way. Man, oh man, they fought some weather to get over there on Saturday, so congratulations to New London for getting there, and they finished sixth in horse evaluation. Eau Claire was seventh, and Holman was eighth. Livestock evaluation, six teams will move on, including Spring Valley winning the competition. River Falls was second, Ellsworth was third, Campbellsport fourth, Chippewa Falls was fifth, and Toma was sixth. Milk quality and products. This is where they got to sample sour milk and all, all that stuff and tell you what the off flavors are. And I don't know how teachers get kids to uh, volunteer to serve on that team because I can't imagine practice as much fun tasting sour milk and rancid cheese and, so they can tell what the problems are. But milk quality and products. Seven teams will move on. Hudson was number one. Loyal was number two. Cochran Fountain City third. Chippewa Falls fourth. New Lisbon fifth. River Falls was sixth. And Augusta was seventh. In wildlife, seven teams will move on. And of course, uh, Cochran Fountain City is a perennial top team in this area. They're right over there by the river with all the wildlife and things going on by the Mississippi River. Cochran Fountain City, number one. Alma was number two. Hudson, third. Augusta was fourth. Wausau was fifth. Chippewa Falls was sixth. Holman was seventh. And in vet science, four teams will move on to state judging. Ellsworth first, Wausau second, Hudson was third, and Chippewa Falls was fourth. So congratulations and thank you to all those drivers. I mean, it had to be white-knuckling it yesterday, Saturday morning getting over there with that blizzard that we had. But that's all in the past. All we have to do is ask Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 about blizzards and things like that. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. And, yeah, last Saturday morning, I thought, oh, they might call that off. But, boy, I'll tell you, they... They really uh, toughed it out. I know some schools didn't make it, but it was over there. But last Saturday morning wasn't fun. But hopefully we don't have any of that in our forecast here moving forward, sir, as we get to Easter weekend. Well, then I've got some good news for you because today and today may be a little on the cooler side, but we have some milder temperatures coming in as soon as tomorrow. Now, today we'll have more sunshine, upper 30s, low 40s, and it'll be breezy with those winds out of the west, ushering in some of those cooler temperatures that are off towards our west. A few clouds start to stream in tonight, but we're staying dry, mid-20s for our overnight lows, and a little bit more sunshine, some intervals of clouds in the mix as well tomorrow with highs right around the 50-degree mark. Now, tomorrow night, a few chances at some rain move in, maybe some snow trying to mix in, but not really lasting very long with our lows into the low to mid-30s. Sunshine returns on Saturday, highs into the mid-50s, Sunday brings us just a slight chance at some sprinkles into the afternoon, but otherwise partly sunny. Highs in the low 60s. You heard that correct, 60s. And uh, Monday and Tuesday warming up even more. More sunshine for Sunday, or excuse me, Monday and mid 60s. Tuesday, mostly sunny, low to mid 70s. And yes, we're staying into the 70s on Wednesday as well. And it looks like we may have just a slight chance at a few sprinkles yet again and highs into the mid-70s. But right now, we're a far cry from those 70s as we're sitting at 24 degrees in Eau Claire and a wind chill of 14. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that in there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, it's well, you know what? We can just look at it this way as this is winter's last stand and spring has had enough. Yeah, I was, uh, I was telling folks earlier that 
Yesterday, I was out in Sugarbush down between uh, Schlosser's Sugarbush down between Mondovi and Durand, and I was out taking some pictures of the tubing through all the, the maple trees. Mm-hmm. Holy man, that wind was nasty. I oh, was my cold goodness. by the time I got done. Yeah, it was it was whipping yesterday. I could have borrowed you. I could have used your stocking cap. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've got it today. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, Michael, thank you, bud. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right, sounds good, Bob. There goes Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13, taking a look at uh, what's going on weather-wise. Right now, let's get into the newsroom, shall we? Morgan McCarthy is anxiously waiting to visit with us again, as she always is. Morning, Morgan. Oops, maybe not. Maybe she's not ready to go, but uh, we'll find out in a moment. Uh, Morgan's going to be with us. She'll have the news coming up on Wax. We're about, uh, what are we, 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is uh, up and at him and with us this morning. Siggy, have a softball game that you got a chance to sit in the bleachers and watch? Track. Track and field. Oh, seriously? So- Were you there watching it? <clears throat> softball has not started yet. No, they didn't have a meet, but they practiced outside oh. in that wind, I know. Oh, it was terrible. And they there. have meets coming up, and anybody that has kids in track know that uh, that can be a chilly meet to oh, sit out. Oh, boy. Usually, uh, I think this mom might be in the car with the heater on, <laughs> if, if need be. Hop I, out when it's convenient. And I would imagine you'll have some company in that car, too, with other mothers as I'll well. I'll welcome them in, it, yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, it was cold yesterday. Oh, that wind was just oh, something. I tried brutal. taking our dog for the walk, and her ears were blown straight back. I even think she was a little off put by it. I know it. It was not good, but it's getting better. That's good. What about the news? Is that getting better? Well, we'll uh, get some of those headlines underway and see. I know you'd asked about those election result turnout numbers yesterday, Bob, and we have those. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. It was the latest sign of just how many people paid attention to the big race. Of course, that's Supreme Court, but a lot of people interested in those school board and local races as well, and it all amounted to setting history. The state's election commission yesterday said turnout for that Tuesday election day nearly 40 percent. Officially, 39.34 percent of voters cast a ballot in this week's election. That's a record for a spring election that was not held at the same time as a presidential primary, as was the case in 2019. Now, those unofficial results say just over 1.8 million people voted in Tuesday's election. Well, at the Capitol, it's a collision of politics and higher ed. Republican lawmakers holding hearings on what they claim is a lack of ideological diversity on UW campuses. Assembly Colleges and Universities Committee Chair Dave Murphy here says that there's a UW Regents policy which is supposed to ensure that it's not being fully implemented. You're talking about Regent Policy 4-21, and um, that policy has not been fully implemented. And... um, we probably will get into some of that, the aspects of that. And, you know, it's our feeling that uh, 4-21 should be fully implemented. Now, the first hearing is Thursday at the Capitol, so they'll meet today and they have invited speakers. A local connection, though, with a second uh, is coming up later this month and closer to us at UW-Eau Claire. Meanwhile, Penda Paper has Governor Evers uh, signing a law to keep UW merit scholarships going. The scholarship, which is worth $5,000 to incoming freshmen with excellent grades, was supposed to end this year. But lawmakers last month unanimously voted to make that scholarship permanent. Yesterday, the governor signed it into law. The governor says the merit scholarship is one way to keep Wisconsin's best and brightest in Wisconsin. Well, you may have noticed there's a plump at the pump, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Why? Well, according to Gas Buddy, it's because OPEC has has uh, pulled back on production. So right now they're saying those gas prices could spike even more. I know we saw about 349 coming in in the valley here, so it could possibly go up from there.
And swing, bada, bada, bada. The Brewers are making us proud, but this doesn't have anything to do with the Brewer. It does have to do with swinging for the fences and a record-setting auction. $1.85 million for a bat used by who else? Babe Ruth. The sale is also unique in that it's the only known example to offer photo evidence. The bat's value shot up after an analyst matched markings on the barrel to a photograph of Ruth swinging it at New York's famed polo grounds in 1921. That was the year the Bambino hit 59 homers, a mark that stood untouched by any other player for 40 years. I'm Brian Shook. Well, we swing for the fences and hope to hit the broad side of a barn as we head back to it with Bob Bolsel, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. I don't think I qualified for a merit scholarship. I'm no. surprised. I think I applied, but for some reason they turned me down. I think you got Keeping it. Keeping their best and brightest. <laughs> you got it on different merits, Bob. I think that's how that works. Well, I guess so. <laughs> and um, cheers to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oil price went down yesterday, 15 cents a barrel, 80.56. These prices are inflated. Oil companies are making god-awful profits. Don't give me that. I think that uh, you could get a merit scholarship for that viewpoint. Uh, I had to, uh, to agree uh, right now as we just filled our <laughs> tank for 70 bucks the uh, other day on the well, way You've got up. a small tank. Yeah, I know. My sister drives a Suburban. Oh, good luck for them. I think she's still pumping and crying uh, like most people are that have a big tank. I know it. It's going to take half her milk check. No, more than that yeah. at this rate. Yeah, yeah these I, oil, they shouldn't be this high. Nope. That's the oil company making way, way too much. I agree. That tends to be uh, the direction it goes. You got the eggs all filled up and ready to for the Easter Bunny to hide? We have some of the eggs filled up, but I'm trying to find a spot in my yard to put them that they're not going to get blown away right now or covered in mud. It's going to be a sloppy yeah, hunt it. at our uh, house this year, is. I think. Oh, I know it. I know it. But at least the weather will be a little better by Sunday. That's right. The bonnets won't blow quite so hard. I guess not. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning as we're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got markets to get to, and of course, this is uh, Holy Week, and uh, not a lot going on, obviously, as, uh, I don't know, hopefully, if you're so inclined, spend some time in church over Easter weekend or whatever, but uh, again, today is going to be windy with a high about 40, but warming up, Good Friday, 52, and all the markets, by the way, will be closed on Good Friday so uh, we want to deal with that tomorrow as far as uh, updating the markets. We'll have them for you in the morning, of course, but during the day that uh, that won't be happening. And a lot of other things not happening this week, but a few things next week. Jill, what do we got? Well, the Wisconsin's Banker Association is having their annual agriculture banking conference the 13th and 14th, so that would be Thursday and Friday, down in Wisconsin Dells. The Midwest Horse Fair is going to be at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, April 14th, 15th, and 16th. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it is the largest three-day horse fair in the country. And there's over 500 horses and two nights of the rodeo. All right. So lots of things go. We'll hear from the general manager of the Midwest Horse Fair. They got something back again that I, I really enjoy. It's it's the blacksmiths, not horseshoers or farriers these are the blacksmiths the guys that uh, get their stoves out and their coal and heat up the iron and form it into a horseshoe these uh these are the guys that uh, they don't go to farm and fleet and buy horseshoes they make their own so that's going to be down there it's a championship and they have a national championship and this was one of the 
qualifying events down at Midwest Horse Fair. So a lot of good things going on down there. Let's go to the markets. Where do we want to go first? Let's go to Barron Equity and hear from Brittany. For fed cattle, our choice beef steers and heifers sold 130 to 145. High yielding choice Holstein steers sold 135 to 150. Choice Holstein steers sold 115 to 134, and unfinished steers and heifers were 114 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 95 to a dollar, topping at 101.50. 60% sold from 62 to 94, and the bottom 20% sold 61 and down. For cull bulls, they sold from 98 to 107, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. As for our calves, our quality Holstein bull calves were 80 to 205. There was a light test on the quality Holstein heifer calves, but light and poor quality calves were 79 and down. We do have a back-on-the-farm spring sale coming up April 15th, where where we will have sheep, goats, small animals, cattle, and I think we even have a couple alpacas and a donkey consigned. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm to look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're at 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's cool 23 degrees out there. And we need to head on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hot Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the highly choice beef steers and heifers 166 to 175, topping at 175 and a half. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 155 to 165. The beef and dairy cross steers 150 to 165. The highly choice Holstein steers 145 to 152, topping at 155. The choice and select Holstein steers 134 to 144 with the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 133 and down. Cow market steady with the high-yielding cows 91 to 106. The cutters and utilities 75 to 90. With the low-yielding and canter cows 74 cents and down. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing 95 to 110. With the thin, full and bulls over ton discounted at 94 cents and down. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Thursday, April 6th for our special dairy and feeder cattle sale. With dairy cattle starting at 12 noon, followed by feeders at 12.30. This is Hot Amond with Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more markets on this Thursday morning. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. And Have you ever gone to Easter Mass with the long underwear on? Well, uh, I'm sure I have, Bob, but it's probably going to be one of those deals again this year. But, uh, uh, you know, I was reading something. I forget where I was reading this. You know, one guy said they'd like to find that little groundhog and lynch him or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think by Easter Sunday it's it'll be safe to take them off. But not today because it looks like it's going to be uh, kind of an awful lot like yesterday, maybe 40 and windy. So, again, boy, yesterday was cold out there. But it was a little nippy running through the sail barn, too. So, uh Boy, oh boy! But anyway, well, they, uh, yeah, this is uh, this has been a cool, cold week. That's for sure. Well, it's Thursday already. We've had three days of sales. How have they gone? Sales are going good, Bob, and we'll tell the folks about it. I thank you and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, well, this will be a recap from yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford, a big feeder cattle auction yesterday, and uh, we'll give the folks the results on that. Lighter weight beef steers yesterday, selling from mostly from one sixty to two oh five. Uh, your four to six weight beef steers yesterday, 145 to 185, 68 weight cattle, uh, 145 to 175, and, and the heavier short-term cattle, mostly from 125 to 151. 
And the heifer division, beef heifers now we're talking, lighter weights, mostly from 135 to 195. Four to six weights, uh, 140 to 195. Uh, heavier beef heifers, about same same range in the price there, 130, 195. And your short-term beef heifers from 110 to 171. Lightweight Holstein feeder steers, good quality, from 130 to 191. And uh, about all the rest of the Holsteins sold in the range from a dollar to a dollar sixty. So good demand does continue on the feeder cattle. We'll move into the market auction yesterday. Also. Uh, Fully steady prices on the market cattle yesterday. Cow market continues to be strong. High yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday's auction selling from ninety up to a dollar eleven. Uh, most of the cows this week so far from seventy to ninety, and you got some of these thinner late carcass cows sixty eight and below on the bull trade. Better quality bulls are selling mostly from ninety to a dollar ten. Lighter bulls below the ninety dollar money on the fed cattle trade yesterday. Uh, choice grading Holstein steers are selling mostly from uh, one thirty two to 142 high yielding choice and prime hole scenes 142 to 145 with your select cattle Underfinished cattle, 130 and below. On the calf market, continues to be very strong. Good quality Holstein bull calves from 150 to 300. Uh, heifer calves uh, selling mostly from uh, 50 to 110. Uh, beef calves yesterday from 300 to 375. Of course, on Monday we had a lot of those in, from that 4 to 500 range. So anyway, we're at the end of the week already for trading here on Thursday. We get started this morning at 11 o'clock. Um, we'll have a full marketing day today of of course, fed cattle and market cows, baby calves will be after the noon hour. And just a reminder, our next hay auction will be next Tuesday, April 11th. We do have a large dairy sale coming up here on April 18th. We'll have more to say about that a little later. If you folks want to check that out, a large herd of cows, of approximately 150 milk cows uh, on the website. A lot of information on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just one thing, Bob. Uh, uh, because of Easter Sunday, of course, and observance of Easter Sunday, uh, the market will not be open to uh, take livestock in for Monday. So so our folks can enjoy Easter with their families, but usually on Sunday we are open between 3 and 8 for drop-off for Monday sale. However, not so this weekend. So anyway, Bob, I know you're busy. We'll send her back to you. And, yeah, I tell you, when you're talking chill factor on April 6th, uh, that's not too good, is it? No, it's not. But it's getting better. Hang in there. You have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good. Thank you much. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And looking at the rest of our markets this morning, Board of Trade was lower yesterday. Traders having a hard time finding any news to up the markets. And uh, they were trading lower across the board. Overnight, July corn down three cents at 624. The oats went up six cents overnight, 338. July wheat unchanged 694. July beans down a nickel at 1472. Meal down 20 cents a ton at $447. Country elevator prices today. Northside elevator loyal location corns at 618 with soybeans at 1450. At the Arcadio location corns at 618 and soybeans are at 1470. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville locations corns at $6 with beans at 1447. And on our DTN screen, Golden Plump corn today, six twelve a bushel. Baldwin, six oh five and fourteen forty five. At Duran, the corn is six oh three, the beans fourteen forty. Mondovi, six oh eight and fourteen forty five. Elmwood has the corn also at six oh eight, their beans at fourteen fifty. Down at Fall Creek, five ninety seven on the corn, fourteen twenty on the beans, and Osseo, six thirteen and fourteen fifty. 
Elk Mound, the corn is 607, beans 1446, Sparta 603 and 1449, Ellsworth 592 and 1419, Ethanol plants, corn to dead, Boysville 625 a bushel, Stanley 621 to Richmond 617. Dairy markets uh, hasn't been a good week for dairy markets. Barrel cheese down another four and a quarter cents, a dollar seventy-five. Forty-pound blocks down a quarter at one eighty-one and a quarter. Butter down a penny at two thirty-one and three quarters. The April class three at eighteen sixty-seven. May down a dime at eighteen oh six. June down seven at eighteen twenty-nine. July unchanged eighteen seventy-nine. August down three at nineteen twenty-one. And Jill, the the news that we had as far as the Class 3 price uh, for March. What uh, was that number again? Do you have that handy here? Did you throw it away? Otherwise, I've got it right here. The official March Class 3 came out yesterday, $18.10 a hundred. That's up $0.32 cents from February, but four thirty-five less than last March. The three-month average for this year for Class 3 so far, $18.43 a hundred. So that's the way it looks. Weather-wise, again, today, our weather brought to you by the folks at Chilson Automotive Group. They've got a great selection of new Jeeps at ChilsonMotors.com. Windy and kind of cold today, only about 40, 23 overnight tonight going into Friday morning where it'll be partly cloudy. We'll get into the 50s tomorrow and Saturday, 60s for Easter Sunday and Monday, and 70s next Tuesday and Wednesday. It's 23 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.